Welcome back to another episode of the Black Case Diaries. Today, we are going to talk about something that is very special to me. <laughs> and, and no one else. <laughs> yeah. No, I forced these two to talk about this. Uh, um, I really, I yeah, I feel no, like No, stop it. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, I'll, I'll admit it was hard. It was it, difficult. It's not that you didn't, it's not that you forced us to talk about it. It's just that we don't know that much about it. Yeah. <laughs> but but we're gonna learn together, audience. Right. Learn together. We're all we're all in this together. Don't you know? Don't sing it. That oh. we are. <laughs> no. Oh, oh God. Oh, Start over. <laughs> That's the worst. Okay. <laughs> okay. No, move on. <laughs> okay. So today we're gonna talk about movie scores and Woo. the music in the movies. Woo-hoo. When we go see a movie, we're not just seeing a movie; we're listening to it. Also, mm-hmm. there's so much. That has to do with audio in a movie. It, it's honestly, it's a marriage between two things. I love audio. It's one of my passions. And uh, I know these two are, these two love audio. Yeah. <laughs> yeah these two. Especially percussion. It. Yeah. These two people in front of me. So I thought it would be really good to talk about film music. Sweet. Um, I asked these two to listen to a playlist of movie scores that I chose. I was not able to include as many composers as I wanted to. I wasn't able to com- include all of the music that I wanted to. It, uh, honestly, we would have to do more than one be episode. like a seven-part episode. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. And a- unfortunately, we only have an hour. So <laughs> we are going to uh, kind of go through that list, and I'm going to talk about uh, the history of film music. And the reason I had them listen to that music is because, uh, you know, this is something that they're a little uncomfortable with in terms mm-hmm. of, you know. Knowledge. No, yeah. Which is, and that, we all have that. Especially because, like, I am not a musical person. Like, I like listening to music. But to be honest, my, like, I never played an instrument. The most I did was, like, um, when the Saints Go Marching In refrain on the piano. Nice. <laughs> And also uh, hot cross buns on the recorder. That's about the extent of my knowledge. So there you go. (laughs) (laughs) So I really appreciate them diving into this with me. So that way we all can learn and this is going to be a good time. Let's do it. We're going to have a good time. So. So if I'm (laughs) (laughs) going to start talking about the history of film scores Uh, back in the early times before they were talking movies and pretty much it was like the studio would send um some music with the film it wasn't really matched up it was kind of just like you had some piano music some you know uh, and then (laughs) just so you're not sitting in silence right Ah. while you're watching it and you know that, that was kind of that was the way movies were very short back then um so it didn't really truly matter um, the first real movie score was written by a composer who is French, and I'm going to say his name wrong, um, but I really love this composer. I've been saying his <laughs> name wrong for a long time. Um, it's Camille Sasson. Um, and oh yeah, no, <laughs> yeah, he. It's okay. Yeah, <laughs> his name looks like Camille Saint Sans. That's what, okay. that's what his name looks like. He okay. wrote The Dan's Macabre. Oh, okay. I recognize that name. Yeah. Yeah. That's one of my favorite pieces of music. Mm-hmm. He wrote the music for a film that was only 15 minutes long. It was called The Assassination of the Duke of Guise. And uh, this was the first time that it was like, okay, you know, this is music that is specifically written for a film. And he, you know, legend has it that he watched <laughs> the film and wrote the music at the same time. The same way that film composers do it today. Right. Um, <clears throat> over time, the ability to sync, when, when we started getting talkies, they were able to start syncing music with the film. And that's really when film music became a staple. Um, when you had the 30s to the 50s, this is the era of time where it was like, okay, we have these big orchestras. This is the golden age of film. We're going to have, you know, these these big scores um (laughs) and you have this idea of um, les motifs which is the principle of dedicating a certain instrument or theme to a character throughout a film or play or opera and it was apparently 
created by Wagner. Some of our favorite modern day composers do this, and it's pretty much it is how it's done now. Uh, John Williams does it a lot. So this is when they started kind of to emerge particular film composers. Um, one of them I put on your list, Alfred Newman. Oh, you guys listen to Right. So Alfred Newman, if you like movie music, you should know who this guy is. And I say this because he was incredibly prolific. He scored over 250 films. He's the father of two film, two current film composers, Thomas Newman and mm. David Newman. And he's the uncle of Randy Newman. Yeah. So he is a big deal. And he also, <laughs> even if you don't think you've ever heard anything, did you guys think you ever heard anything by Alfred Newman before I gave you this? I list? can't. I can't name you one, but I mm-hmm. can almost guarantee I have. Yeah, um, yeah. Hearing especially the, the one on our Newman. list here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So even if you don't think you have, you have because he wrote the 20th Century Fox theme. Mm. So every time you see anything by 20th Century Fox, you, you have heard his music. <laughs> Sneaky, right? <laughs> <laughs> so the score that I included on the list was "How the West Was Won." Mm-hmm. He he did a lot of great stuff, and it, oh, it, this was the type period of time when it was really popular for it to be large orchestral pieces of music. By the way, um, so that you can follow along with the the songs we're talking about, there will be a YouTube playlist um, on the blog uh, with the episode. So go ahead and check that, um, blackhaystiaries.wordpress.com to find the list there. Thank you, Continue. No, no, perfect. So what did you guys think of How the West Was Won? Um, It was like it it immediately uh, was – recognizable i can't say if whether or not i've heard it before but i just mm-hmm. the feeling it gave me was immediately recognizable mm-hmm. i have a, a a pad of notes here <laughs> um, oh i couldn't where tell. i just scri- i just scribbled down some uh, some things some thoughts adam as took I notes listen. for the first time in his life and he's really proud of look, it look i didn't even take notes in school so yeah i was also because i um, i'm usually the one to take notes and i messaged him and was like hey so, adam have you listened to these music things and he's like yeah i even took notes and yeah. i was like oh my god this what? is legit <laughs> um but what i have written here as i was listening to it i said uh feeling of westerns obviously right mm-hmm. um and w- and then a little arrow which means consistent movement slash progress mm-hmm. so um and then i have in parentheses like a train a horse or or uh even like manifest mm-hmm. destiny you know like it's like it has that feeling of let's go you know forward mm-hmm. and moving on like that kind of that yeah. kind of thing yeah that, that was the feeling i got from this piece um whether you know the it was written how the west was won so it's it, it it's meant to f- to be like that mm-hmm. um and it nailed it mm-hmm. yeah yeah i mean a lot of this music like I, I could see being in a movie and everything and it's kind of almost background music but this one kind of like stood out it like it was more upbeat. It like you know, moved things along. It just it just like was la- almost louder. I guess I could say than all yeah, the other ones. Like the other loud. ones were mostly softer and like they seemed like they would just go along with a movement or something. Yeah, something. But this one just like was like, yeah, I'm here. I'm proud. This is what's going on. So yeah, that was really cool about it. Cool. And yeah. and. Like you said, the 20th Century Fox theme, it like the, it could be it's like his style, right? right? It's you know not like in your face, like shoving it down your throat or anything, mm-hmm. but like you know being there and present in the yeah. moment, not not just subtly um, bringing you know the mood down or whatever other songs mm-hmm. might do. It was like here we are, listen, you know, yeah, mm-hmm. awesome, yeah. So, uh, Westerns kind of, because they were such a big part of movie history, they started to kind of help develop the way that movie scores started to go. And, um, after a while, movie scores stopped sounding so European and kind of got a lot more American influences in them. Mm-hmm. Not a lot more jazz music. Um, you know, remember the sting mm. was basically scored by Scott Joplin. This yeah. ragtime music, mm-hmm. um, all throughout the sting. So, you know, you kind of start to... So when we got to High Noon, which is this is in the 50s, uh, this, is, this is about the time when they started asking composers like, okay, how about you write a song specifically for the movie and we'll put it on the radio 
and this is and this was such a big deal big this is big for composers because um after a while composers kind of stopped being hired as part of like studios and became kind of independent people on their own and Mm -hmm. which you know (laughs) you know i don't i don't know any composers so i can't ask them how do you feel about that but um this is you know they started to write music and this is when you started to hear things on the radio um and this is such a big break because then people started buying the albums for the movies and they were able to make more money that way the studios were at least so uh, um into the 80s this is when and the, into the 80s and that that's when more synth music started to kind of rise up and this is when you know when you think of back to the future you think of huey lewis in the news you mm-hmm. don't think of the alan silvestri score necessarily mm-hmm. you know because then the the pop music that they were starting to write specifically for movies too from other other artists kind of started to submerge and you know you have movies like footloose which are very heavily based around you know, songs from the time more than the actual score. Right. So, um, you know, that's kind of how that evolution went. Uh, But one composer, um, even as things kind of started to move into synth and move more into a new style of music and people were basically, instead of having full orchestras, were able to kind of just create the the sound of an orchestra without hiring all those people Mm. but one composer stayed into the classic style and that was john williams if Mm. you don't know who john williams is you guys i know you guys know um john williams is i think the most well-known movie composer living today yeah Mm -hmm. um and he scored i put him on the list i had Mm to um i believe i put on which ones did i put on E.T., I believe, and um, The Witches see. of Eastwick. Yeah, Dance of the Witches. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The Witches of Eastwick. Um, I picked two lesser... Well, E.T. is mm-hmm. not lesser known, but I do. I did pick two ones that don't immediately come to mind when mm-hmm. you think of him, mm-hmm. um, since he scored Indiana Jones. Jurassic Park. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. My favorite. Hook. Oh, one yes. Of, one of Marcy's right. favorites. Uh, Starwer. Yeah, mm-hmm. Star Wars. Yes. yes, that's a big one. That is in when I was talking about them playing on the radio. That's a big one because my like my dad it, in the late seventies, my dad was just driving and uh, you know he was listening to the, to the to the radio and they said, "Here's a theme from a new movie coming out uh, by composer John Williams. The movie's called Star Wars." And they started playing the main theme. And my dad drove to the record store and bought the record. Oh, my God. That's awesome. Like that. I mean, it was, you know. That's amazing. So when you think of like, (laughs) you know, this is this is groundbreaking, game changing stuff. Mm -hmm. And so he was still able to kind of keep that same kind of golden era of Hollywood music while it was changing, while Mm -hmm. the platform was changing, Um, which is such an interesting thing to be known for. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> and just to go to my notes for a second, uh, for these two parts and kind of it's, it's very important for everyone. But I think John Williams is like a master at this. Um, I have it in a I have it boxed right here yeah. on my notes. Melody <laughs> is incredibly important and recognizable. It's the part that you hum. You mm. know, it's the part that you whistle right. uh, when you think when you're think, remembering a song. Um, John Williams is a dang genius when it comes to memorable melodies i hum any of his tunes and you know i know that movie right we won't hum them here because uh, copyright mm. <laughs> uh thanks thanks america yeah um but but any of them i could hum like check out the two on the, our list here and you'd know what it is right. um and mm. i think he's an absolute master of that um but not not to say that the rest of the composers on our list here aren't good at it. I mean, mm-hmm. there are tons of recognizable yes. tunes that aren't written by John Williams, but for me personally, Jurassic Park, my favorite movie, you know, it, it has that, that influence on me. So, yeah. Um, so, uh, as I'm kind of going through, uh, the timeline here a little bit, kind of like a makeshift <laughs> timeline, mm-hmm. um, going into the eighties, um, I, there was another composer, uh, Wendy Carlos, and I did not put her on your list. Mm-hmm. Um, sorry about that. But she was responsible for 
doing a lot of really groundbreaking stuff for Tron and A Clockwork Orange, mm. um, uh, The Shining. Uh, wow. Yeah, so, I mean, d- we'll add her to the playlist, even though, uh, you know, so that way you guys can hear a little bit of her too. Um, but, yeah, the synth music became... That was a that was a big part of the eighties, uh, <laughs> the eighties music, and it's kind of coming back a little bit with Mark Mothersbaugh and um, Thor Ragnarok, for mm-hmm. example. Yeah, that's you know it, it's it's you know it's it's a style. Purposefully got that going for it. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. which he's not on your list either. Again, I said like I said, I could not put everybody <laughs> on the list. Um, it would be a really. Well, long I, what list. we should do? What we should do is have a playlist. That is the list that Marcy and I listen to. Yeah. And then you can tag some more maybe at the bottom of the playlist or on a separate playlist that whatever we end up doing. But Mm -hmm. all of these things that we'll talk about should be there. All right. Cool. So now that we've kind of covered the timeline a little bit, we're going to just kind of taper off in the 80s. And (laughs) (laughs) and we're just going to be freestyling it for a minute. Um, We were talking about John Williams. Mm -hmm. And a really good uh, segue from John Williams would be one I think maybe my favorite composer of all time. One of my favorites. His name's Jerry Goldsmith, and I put him on your list. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe Mulan. I did like Correct. the Mulan suite, so it's just kind of like a compilation of themes from the yes. movie. Mm-hmm. And um, Rudy. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not sure if I put. I think I put, it was the final the game. The final game. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. So, uh, I was listening to I was lucky enough to catch the end of an NPR um, <laughs> broadcast recently. And they were talking about Jerry Goldsmith. It was a, I'm, I'm going to find it maybe hopefully, and I can link it. Um, and it was about Jerry Goldsmith. And they were saying that John Williams is known as the people's composer, but Jerry Goldsmith is known as the composer's composer. How did you guys feel about it? Um, well, the first thing I wrote when I listened to, um, to this piece, the the final game, I wrote timpanies <laughs> with lots of eyes, um, because that it that using uh, a timpani drum immediately sets a tone that's like this is epic and important, and you better pay attention. Mm-hmm. Um, they they get used in in a lot of stuff, and that was the first thing I wrote here because it was immediately what I mm-hmm. <laughs> what I felt. Um, and, and then I have also here uh, specifically for this uh, this one song, um, the timpanis create an epic, important sound, and the bells help with this as well. Uh, and it gives a sense of celebration. So it's mm-hmm. like, you know, Rudy, the the final game. Spoilers if you don't know, they win. <laughs> and um, you know, that, that's kind of the, the the vibe you get from this. And it did a really good job of uh, of giving me that feeling. As well as the Mulan Suite, yeah. which is beautiful, by the mm. way. Oh yeah. Um, oh, I didn't yeah. know there was a version of that, and I'll definitely listen to it again because, because <laughs> you know, you go and you listen to each song, but the suite right. mm-hmm. is just really nice. Um, it's very epic, grand sound with an Eastern twist. Not only because of the the melody and the 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 writing, but uh, as well as the instrumentation, um, choosing specific instruments to give you that specific sound, um, which is something that, you know, like you said, a co- the composer's composer mm-hmm. is somebody who's gonna who's gonna know exactly what instrument, exactly what thing to write here, yeah, and there and here to make it just a, the exact vibe, the exact mood that you want for for this movie. Right. Yeah. How did you feel about Mars? <clears throat> <laughs> the see Adam. I'm sorry. Adam's just, got the more it? musical version with all of the like you know proper yeah, terminology. So important, and I'm just like he's, I don't he's know the much about listening music. to it. And you're the, you're the I'm people. just like I'm the person that watched Mulan, and I'm like I recognize the music, <laughs> and it was beautiful. <laughs> and Rudy, I've seen Rudy. It was a beautiful movie. The the final song and final music and yeah. everything was just so beautiful. It's like the um, I I hear that and I feel like I can do anything. Yeah, I hear mm-hmm. that music. It's yep. absolutely mm-hmm. oh, it's such beautiful music. And Disney's choice to have him score Mulan. 
Like, what a great... I mean, you know what I mean? It was yeah, for such a good choice. Choosing him as a little out of place for, you know, based yeah. on... They pretty much had Alan Menken do all of the 90s for mm-hmm. them. And then they were like, nah, how about you do this one? He <laughs> also did a really famous theme um, for a movie, A Ghost in the Darkness. And what's interesting about that is uh, you guys might not recognize that name. But if I, if I play it for you, you will recognize the music. Mm-hmm. I wish I could sing it. I can't. I'm not allowed. But anyway. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Now, um, was there anything that we haven't talked about yet that was like that you really stood out to you guys that you guys liked a lot? Uh, from the playlist? Yeah. Um, I thought it was really cool to hear two different kind of feelings of Hans Zimmer because mm-hmm. that's another composer name that a lot of people probably recognize. Yeah. Um, he, he wrote Lion, the score to Lion King, which mm-hmm. is one of the songs on this list. Um, I didn't realize – this is more of the movie, I guess, than the music for a moment. I didn't mm-hmm. realize that this particular song, um, All That the Light Touches, yeah, um, was reprised later in the movie. I thought it was just when he was talking to Simba on, on Pride Rock and telling him about All the light, All That the Light Touches, right? But then mm-hmm. later on, they used the melody in that song again um, when Simba's visual when Sim, when Mufasa's like spirit, I guess, visits Simba, and I I didn't realize that it was the same song because I'd never listened to it all at once. You know, I listened mm-hmm. to the first part of it here and the second part of it here when watching the movie, but listening to this, the whole song at once. And realized they were the same, the same thing. So it's almost like I have it written here in my notes. Um, in quotes, it's like Mufasa's theme. It becomes, yeah. it becomes almost like Mufasa's theme. Um, but then the other one from Hans Zimmer was um, the Interstellar theme. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And talking about the '80s synth style, um, it it's a real classic, classic sci-fi, almost like what like the '50s would picture the future is like, right? Um, with a little bit of that, with a little bit of that synth thrown in there for good measure to make it sound real sciency, because that's kind of the weird, like that eighty synth has kind of become synonymous with space and 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 technology like that. So, um, you know that that was an interesting way. But the two songs are like not even similar, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, and that takes <laughs> that takes real skill to be able to do that because. Um, to bring up a, a game score here for a minute, um, uh, the Spyro the Dragon uh, songs or the the soundtrack is uh, composed by Stuart Copeland, the drummer from The Police, and he he has said before that moving forward in his music after writing the music for the first three games, um, he sometimes has a hard time moving away from those because he said those were some of the most fun and um, creative soundtracks he'd ever written. And then trying to move away from it, he finds himself thinking of those old melodies again and using them or, or trying not to use them. And (laughs) so when somebody like Hans Zimmer can do that with two completely different movies, you know, Mm -hmm. one takes place in Africa and it's a bunch of lions. The other Mm -hmm. one is in space. Yeah. Um, Yeah. That takes, that takes some real skill. He's really good with, this atmospheric kind of sound Mm -hmm. you know it's like you listen to pirates of the caribbean and it's like yeah this is what pirates sound like right (laughs) it's like you know what i mean like i i i feel like you and it's you know um he does a little bit a little bit in gladiator and gladiator you can hear the similarities but you know between that and pirates and Mm -hmm. you know it's you kind of hear that how like he's got a little bit of a signature about him um and i put him on the list because he is so well known today mm-hmm. and so popular he is a name that i hear when i ask uh, you know do you know anything about film composers i hear hans zimmer is mm-hmm. a name that pops up and uh it it was really cool that he did the lion king mm-hmm. i think that's my favorite score by him <laughs> mm-hmm. um but I, yeah i picked those two because they kind of people have s- kind of started to associate him more with this kind of low um almost dissonating sound yeah (laughs) yeah um mostly because of the dark knight Mm -hmm. and then inception Mm -hmm. um and so because of that and those scores though 
what I I would describe them as scores that I would never sit and listen to. Um, but when it, in terms of the movie, they fit in so well with the movie you hardly even notice oh, yeah. the music you just you, you just it gives just you the sense it. of the movie and that's it yep it, just it, it's like a yeah it fits perfectly in mm-hmm. there okay i think the two that surprised me like i'd always heard of danny elfman i knew he did a lot of different things and james horner mm-hmm. i'd heard his name multiple times but it still amazed me how many like i i looked up their names and like yeah. how many movies they did like danny elfman did edward scissorhands and nightmare before christmas of course which i think is probably one of his more well-known that people might recognize right away um but also Batman and everything. So that, oh man, like, I mean, his stuff is everywhere. And then James Horner, I thought was neat because it was, like, quieter and kind of subtle. Yeah. But yet it, like, goes with every movie. And, like, I looked up some of James Horner's movies and I was like, oh, my gosh, he did American Tale. Like, yeah. I, I remembered that from when I was a kid and I had no idea that he even did the music for that. And then Field of Dreams, which I watched in high school. Oh. I mean, yeah, yeah, we need to rewatch that. Yeah, we do. We really do. I love Hill Dreams. Yeah. If you watch it, they will come. <laughs> <laughs> um, or something. <laughs> something along that's that. That's the sort. basic gist. Mm-hmm. I um, and that's something too with James Horner. Um, I you put in I for James Horner I put mm-hmm. in the Cas- Casper's theme. Yeah. And the Page Master. Mm-hmm. Um. Which are two childhood movies, two movies that he seemed to do a lot of stuff for kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's also, he's definitely in my top five favorite composers of all time. Mm-hmm. Um, he did Titanic. Yes. Um, he was a favorite of James Cameron um, before, uh, I think Con Zimmer's a little more James Cameron now, but before he passed away, uh, he was kind of, he paired was paired with James Cameron a lot. Mm-hmm. So... And that's another thing about uh, directors and composers. And mm-hmm. one of the reasons why John Williams... John Williams is incredibly talented. But one of the reasons that he's so well-known is because he was chosen by Steven Spielberg <laughs> and was in Steven... He was like, you know, yeah. that, that was the yeah. that was the reason. I um, mean, we all know Steven Spielberg. Yeah, it, because he was making all these really iconic films, mm-hmm. John Williams did the score for all of these really iconic films. Mm. And that, you know, has something a little bit to do with it. But obviously, John Williams is incredibly talented on his own. Um, but yeah, with Danny Elfman, that's especially interesting, too, because he paired up with Tim Burton for a long mm-hmm. time. I mean, like in this list, Batman. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, is a big and one. It, you know, Nightmare. Before, he was a rock musician. Mm-hmm. Uh, Danny Elfman did rock music. Oh, um, yeah, that's why he's <laughs> the voice of Jack in Nightmare Before oh, Christmas. Yeah, he's, he's not the speaking voice; he's the singing voice for mm-hmm. Jack. And in The Corpse Bride as well, he sings a song in The Corpse Bride. Mm-hmm. So uh, you know, he's pretty talented, <laughs> multi-talented <laughs> guy. You recognize him a lot of the time with his use of he uses bells a lot mm-hmm. which is really you know in his music and it's always very creepy um <laughs> though you know like this year he scored the the new grinch so mm. you know just like that kind of that tingling kind of light airy music and uh that was a really good choice because that music kind of it's it seemed to me mm-hmm. at least alluded to the grinch score from the 2000 grinch scored by james horner mm-hmm. who has since passed away and would not be able to do the new mm-hmm. score. So, yeah, those are those are great choices. I realize that we skipped over Elmer Bernstein as oh. I was quickly going uh, through that timeline. Yeah. Elmer Bernstein um, is really cool. He really just did super well-known stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, like The Magnificent Seven, mm-hmm. which is what I put on there, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Is that What was the other one I put? The Great Escape. The Great Escape. That's right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I believe thing, these things are actually things that I have not seen. All <laughs> so, right. So it's kind of, I, although, like, the music is so big that I know I've heard it before. Yeah, I was, that's, a, that's what I was going to say. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen them either, but I know I've heard the songs before. Mm-hmm. Both of them. Um, really, really iconic. Both uh, creating a very specific sound. Mm-hmm. Like, a very specific feeling. Um 
the Magnificent Seven, obviously being a Western. Mm-hmm. Um, the same things I said about um, the other, uh, how the West Alfred was won. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, kind of, the, it kind of gives that same vibe, and even even a little bit more um, epic. And um, one of the things I wrote here is that partway through, maybe you call it the second movement, um, changes the pace a little bit, almost like a little bit more relaxed, like, oh, the day's done, sun's setting, and then we're back. Then, <laughs> you know, and then, you know, so, so you get a real nice, it, it's, it's, it's fun. It's fun to experience the, the flow of that song. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, uh, and then uh, The Great Escape, I mean, you've probably whistled this tune once in your life, mm-hmm. and um, the drums that, that, um, that ratatat of the snare drum is like perfect for like a march that, you know, back and mm-hmm. forth, you know, that kind of thing. It, it creates the perfect vibe for this, you know, I, I the, the movie, I, I, like I said, I haven't seen it, but I assume it takes, it's like a, the military is involved. Some kind of like rigid, um, organization that would, that would right. march. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's it, a march. So, yeah, for so, sure. no, so, yeah. Um, so, you know, the vibe alone from the music can tell you a lot about, uh, a lot about the, the movie. Yeah. So anything else you were going to say um, about he also, sure. he also scored, I believe, uh, Ghostbusters, Ooh. which is another, another casualty of the. Uh, hey, let's make a song. Songs from right. I was going to say the, the kind of a thing because that Ray Parker was the one who sang the song, mm-hmm. um, but he scored the film. The th- mm. the, yeah, the theme song of that movie is kind of taken over as the, yes. the song, so you don't really mm-hmm. hear much of the rest of it. Right, um, but it's there and it's mm-hmm. dang good. Mm-hmm. Now I did have a question when I was searching about sound- soundtracks and everything. It mm-hmm. would sometimes say that, like you know a composer did the soundtrack, but yet it would say, so it'd say what, um, the album by, you know, whoever, Mm -hmm. but the songs have other people listed as the artist, I suppose. So does that mean that the composer composed it? And then the, like, what does that mean? Was, do you, do you you know a soundtrack that had that on it? Can you think of one? Um, because sometimes, um, a composer, while they will do the overall score, mm-hmm. there will be songs within it that were scored or written by other people. Written by other people. Okay. Right. I feel like it was possibly James Horner, maybe, that I okay. looked up. Because it be could wrong. just be collaborations, too. Okay, collaborations. Um, that would make sense. Sometimes. Because it seemed to say that, yeah, the composer did the whole soundtrack, but then there were other right. artists that were involved, maybe. Okay. Yeah, I mean... Um, for example, uh, Pocus Pocus mm-hmm. was scored by John Debney, mm-hmm. who's not on your list. <laughs> yeah. Um, and he is a really good composer, mm-hmm. uh, but he had James Horner come in and he wrote the Come Little Children song mm-hmm. that is featured in the movie. So there's a scene in Hocus Pocus where Sarah flies in her broom and she sings to the children to get them to go to the house. Okay. And that song has a very specific theme to it. It's mm-hmm. kind of eerie. And so James Horner wrote that, mm-hmm. even though John Debney scored the movie. So that might be... Okay, that's probably kind of, what... Okay. Or And a lot of it, uh, a lot of that happened too, I think, with the Moana soundtrack. Mm-hmm. With different, you know, collaborations and people contributing different things right you, okay you need a specific sound for a specific moment if, if you're thinking about the movie as a whole um and you mentioned james horner being like kind of having that eerie sound and i wrote that that in my notes for the casper's theme mm-hmm. um using a minor key to sound ghostly is what i have yeah. written here mm-hmm. so so you know you 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 kind of uh come up with a style i mean they don't always stick to it but they they figure out something that they're good at right mm-hmm, and right. that they know how to do and then somebody's like hey i need that sound yeah so i'm gonna okay. get that guy i think that james horner uh mastered the sound of magic i know yeah. that i know that john williams did the harry potter soundtrack no but to me uh a lot of his music really it, it kind of romance and wonder and magic those are the kinds of things you know just these fantasy yeah these mm-hmm. grandeur mm-hmm. things you know because you've got the page master which 
is an interesting movie because it covers three different genres. So he had to score for three different genres. Mm -hmm. Um, But then, you know, you've got Titanic, you know, which, you know, when the boat takes off for the first time and Mm -hmm. you have that music of like the majesty of the boat and the way, you know, and so, you know, there, he really, I, you know, his music was and the Grinch, like the original, you know, the Mm. the original, Mm -hmm. the the 2000s (laughs) Grinch, that music, uh, I didn't put it on, but you guys should definitely listen to that. Yes. Oh, yes. It's, it's a great, great movie, great music. It's beautiful. Amazing. Mm-hmm. And uh, and they, the Casper theme. Oh, oh sorry. Ahead. I was just going to say, they used to advertise the soundtrack at the beginning of the VHS mm-hmm. for that movie. Because I had it on VHS whenever you'd play it. One of the first like previews was for the soundtrack. They knew it yeah. was good. Yeah. So, yeah. It's And that's the thing with Casper is that it captures that the innocence of Casper and you know the magic of you know young love and then the sadness of his of death it, it being mm-hmm. a ghost, you know all yeah. of those things kind of wrapped together and that's why that i picked that theme because it's so beautiful mm-hmm. i think i talked about <laughs> alfred newman and i mentioned his kids mm-hmm. um only one of his uh descendants that were composers i put on the list and that Data. was thomas newman, thomas newman. Um, and so we're now getting into the the super modern composers, the ones that are working today, um, <laughs> which would be like Thomas Newman. Um, and he has a very specific sound. You can kind of, you can kind of start to hear it. If you listen to a lot of his music, he, I, what did I put, put on there for you guys? Um, Nemo's egg. Okay. And Shawshank redemption. Oh yeah. What I have written here uh, for Nemo's egg, it sets a unique tone. So you're right there. Um, I put vast feeling yet warm and familiar. Um, while I was listening to that theme, I, I, I'm while listening, you can do this too, listeners. Try not to picture the movie it's from. That's what I was trying to do the whole time. I was trying to get the the fact that it's from Finding Nemo out of my head and just listen to it as it is. Mm-hmm. But yet I couldn't shake the feeling of it just being like just open and and big and the word i wrote was vast that's the word i felt and it being the ocean obviously is very big um and and it's so different it's it's unique because that's not normally a sound you go for you know but then at the same time you have the, the the piano come in and it's just it's still like i said warm familiar you know, almost like because it starts out with the family of the fish, and it it it, it works out perfectly that way. Um, obviously, it doesn't work out well in the movie, but uh, <laughs> but the music fits the mo- the music fits yeah. the moment, and it becomes you know it becomes kind of the theme of the entire movie, not just uh, Nemo. Mm-hmm. You know, the the whole the the entire movie kind of has that same vibe. Yeah. I agree. <laughs> We're just going through. Just look at Marcy. Um, <laughs> what's yeah. the other one here? Shawshank. Shawshank. Uh, I believe I put in. It's the theme after Andy Dufresne. Uh, spoiler um, crawls through the sewer and does stands the in the rain. Ah, uh, yes. Um, I put uh, darker tone, but kept from being too dark by upward pattern. Redemption? Question mark. Is what I here. Of the Shawshank variety. Yeah. Of the sh- because you know, it it starts. Uh, dang it! I wish I could hum it, but it's um. Yeah. It starts real like, you know, dark and ominous, kind of like this. But but the 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 notes just go this upper, yeah. you know, and that is enough to keep it from feeling dreadful. And, yeah. And and, and you know, because mm-hmm. they you don't want it to feel like it's a villain song or something mm-hmm. like that. Or, or you're in the dark, or it's supposed to be scary. It's not that, but it's still very serious, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and that simple, that simple uh, tone or, or or pitch change is enough to to keep it out of that 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 dark bottom. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So exactly it's like it mean. it's like it redeemed itself. At the end. <laughs> 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 Almost like it matches the name. What? Oh it's like people write music for movies. <laughs> what? 
gosh. I mentioned Thomas Newman in the Second Chances episode because he scores a series of unfortunate events. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And um, that's one of my favorite scores by him because it matched the movie so well. And it, uh, he just, I love, he has a very, I don't know, I've, I actually don't, I don't know how to de- totally describe it, but it is a style that you can hear it in his music. He's got he's got a footprint, and I really like it. Mm-hmm. I really like the way he sounds. So, do you have anything to add, Marcia? <laughs> for, for Thomas Newman, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, you really. like you like Finding like... Nemo? Was a good movie. <laughs> Finding Nemo was a great movie. It was probably like the first movie I saw in theaters. Actually, wow. yeah. Um, we didn't. My family didn't go to the movies very often, so right. uh, my sister was the one who took me and two of my brothers to go see it. So it was an amazing movie. It, it and I mean that's shown by how, you know how well loved it is. Really, mm-hmm. so. And I think the score really plays a role in that. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I agree. The beginning of Finding Nemo is one of my favorite movie beginnings ever. Um, and I, I tell people that, and I go, why? It's so sad. <laughs> and I I know it's sad, but it's so not yeah. great. Yeah. In terms of a beginning, mm-hmm. how can you... How can you turn it off after mm-hmm. that? You have to keep watching. Yeah. I mean... It was really Pixar's first... You know, now... Mm-hmm. Now you think of Pixar. Oh, where's the where's the punch in the gut moment? Yeah, it was kind of the first one. Yeah, yeah, and, and it and it hit the hardest maybe of all. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, and the music had a lot to do with that because you felt at the beginning, it's like oh everything's everything's pretty good. Yeah, it's beautiful. <laughs> oh wow, this, wow, this is cool. This is what underwater's I mean- like. Music right. really is what helps you give that feeling. Like mm-hmm. without the music, like I mean, sure, acting can be great, but like without that music in the background to kind of give you that extra little, like, okay, this is how you should be feeling. It, right. It's just not the... there. Like I just think about how, like, um, <laughs> it's kind of stupid, but American Idol, the the <laughs> TV show and stuff, they use music in there mm-hmm. to try to like. you know test your emotions like change what you're feeling like oh you know this person was so down and you know they're you know they're doing this and here you hear some uplifting music here you go they're doing it and they're just doing it that's a great segue into randy eidelman who's Ah! also on your list yes he's the first one yeah he is real quick can i just say Mm -hmm. To jump off of your point, it's the the actors more of like say what needs to be said for mm-hmm. the story and, and, you know, to progress the plot and all that stuff. But the music is what really sets the mood. You know, mm. you feel a lot more, you know, maybe not paying attention to it. Some, you don't, it's hard to notice really unless you're specifically paying attention to the music. It's hard to notice it, but you feel mm-hmm. it. it yeah. You can't avoid feeling it because it's all happening mm-hmm. together. It fits perfectly. That's just why it yeah. just works. Absolutely. Okay, I'm sorry. Continue. No, you're fine. I love, I'm love. i just happy when I'm not talking because I feel like I've just been talking and that I'm... I, I, well, let's talk about Randy Eidelman. <laughs> all right, let's, let's do, do it. it. Um, so the two Randy Eidelman scores that I put on here, one mm-hmm. was the Chipmunk Adventure yeah, from yeah, the yeah. 80s. Mm-hmm. Uh, this movie was a this was a favorite in my house uh, when I was a kid. We watched this movie a lot, um, and the music, uh, you know, I put two very very different scores. Oh mm. yeah, yeah. Um, that and then I put uh, to the stars from Dragon Dragonheart. So, what do you guys think <laughs> about those? <laughs> um, both awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first one, a very quirky adventure song. Oh, it's oh the yeah. chipmunks! Oh my gosh, they're talking <laughs> animals. You know. <laughs> But you know, not not it not it doesn't go too far to where it's like a joke, you know. And and none of these have you it's know. It's like a real score mm-hmm. for the right. movie, and it and it's for a cartoon. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. it's a it's an animated show about chipmunks going on an adventure, and it still feels legit. You know, it 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 was it was taken seriously for a not so serious movie, right? <laughs> and then um, for uh, what is it? To the stars. To the stars. To yeah. the stars. Um, and Dragonheart. And yeah. Dragonheart mm-hmm. um, is much more grandiose <laughs> and epic. It's a slow build to a crescendo that's just like, you know, <laughs> yeah. dang it, I want to hum it so bad. <laughs> I know. Um, but so good. 
listen to it like six times at least, people. And when you hear it, you'll recognize it because yeah. it is used. That's why I, th- I thought it would be a good segue for Marcy talking about televisions, you know, pulling at your heartstrings with music. Mm-hmm. That I have heard that theme used in a lot of different programs for mm-hmm. for you know hey feel emotion right now right because it had because it's such a slow build and then it's just like whoosh, this wave of you could say a wave of emotion all at mm-hmm. once and it's it, it you know it's perfect and then it's just like ah, then you then it's gone <laughs> and then you know it's like holy cow what the heck just happened you know and it's it's fantastic mm-hmm <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> i mean for real i mean if you haven't seen Dragonheart, what are you doing <laughs> it's one of those just to, to talk about the movie for a second it's one of those movies where hardly anyone's probably i mean it's a cult classic at this point right i i don't feel like many people have mm-hmm. heard of it or at least haven't seen it if they've heard of it um definitely go watch it it's awesome Mm -hmm. when you're Um, having like it's like just like a fun movie night with your friends don't take it too seriously yeah have a couple of drinks or if you don't drink eat some candy yeah um pop some popcorn just like yeah it's not it's not an oscar winner or or anything crazy Mm -hmm. like that but it's not one of those movies where it's oh it's so bad it's good movie Mm -hmm. no it's it's right in the middle probably Mm -hmm. a little bit closer to oscar movie because it's like good, <laughs> the music you know? throughout is amazing yeah like it really makes you feel throughout the whole thing mm-hmm. really and just go ahead and ignore the uh the uh, sequel you'll notice too <laughs> when you listen to this um this theme there is a little bit of a similarity between this theme and the theme for angels in the outfield which mm-hmm. he also scored so um is a little bit you'll if you listen to both of them you'd be like oh yeah i could hear how that's kind of the same guy so, um, and speaking of the chipmunk adventure and taking a movie seriously, we will do an episode specifically about Disney scores. We've mm-hmm. mentioned two tonight, uh, Mulan and the Lion King. Mm-hmm. Um, but we'll do one specifically about Disney at some point, probably. Right. Um, Mostly about Alan Menken. Oh. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but there is a Disney movie, um, which that reminds me of that's, you know, we do talking about it being a very serious you know, being take, taken very seriously, and like, and it's the Great Mouse Detective. Um, Henry yes. Mancini is a very serious composer, mm-hmm. um, even though he made a lot of very pop pop culture like fun music. Um, he's incredibly talented, so he made the music for the Great Mouse Detective, and it was mm. a very similar vein. It was like this is a serious, <laughs> this is a serious score. But it sounds upbeat and fun and awesome. But it's yeah. like very well done, right? Mm-hmm. So because. You know, it, it it's that kind of movie. It's a cartoon about mice being, <laughs> yeah. being a detective, <laughs> yeah. uh, which is very similar to Detective Pikachu. Now that I'm thinking about it, um, <laughs> that's that's turns out the Disney remake for Great Mouse Detective is Disney. Detective Pikachu. It's a whole conspiracy. No, honestly, when I think about it, when we were kids, there were a lot of like movies about mice. I oh feel yeah, like. the mice American thing was Tale. a big deal. Yeah. Like, yeah, so many. Mm-hmm. There was the oh, rescuers, rescuers in the seventies, yeah. and the mice from Cinderella. And, mm-hmm. um, wow, it's big. But yeah, it, it's... we'll do a mice in the movies episode. <laughs> that'd be a good. That'd be fun. Um, <laughs> that would be interesting. Searching but, um, for all those. But yeah, again, it's it's a it's a it's a not serious movie, but they took it serious enough, right? They they mm-hmm. they didn't want to they didn't want it to be a joke, yeah. So the the score was taken seriously, but for a not serious movie, it still had to fit in that fun, yeah, upbeat, oh, yeah. mood. So uh, one of the challenges of doing this list, um, and I'm just looking over it because I want to make sure I don't forget anybody. <laughs> um, I, it's a big list. <laughs> um, one of the big challenges uh, was finding a woman composer finding a woman is always hard to do but um (laughs) tell me about it (laughs) hopefully hopefully as you know time progresses yeah i uh yeah i i kind of i didn't actively search out for women composers um but i i did you know name i named one already um and (laughs) wendy carlos um yeah so but now uh we'll talk about rachel portman Um, because she 
uh, is very big in the film industry when it comes to music. Uh, she's from the UK, uh, mm. I believe. Um, and she scored a lot of movies that are right up Marcy's alley. <laughs> I'm sure Marcy has heard her What's music that, probably more than we have. Um, but the two that I put on the list were The Cider House, Rule, the Cider House Rules and Only You. So how did you guys Let's see? I was instantly impressed with like the I don't know her just the way she she did her music I don't know it, it was it capturing like it captured me I was immediately like oh it, my gosh it, this... um, it's perfect for those kind of movies I have written in my notes here for um for Cider House Rules it evokes mm-hmm. memories of the past is what I what I wrote down and it's um. Uh, playful while remaining classy mm. um yeah. so it's perfect it's perfect for like a romance story yeah. of not necessarily rich people but like <laughs> um but you know of that kind of yeah yeah that kind like of classical feeling that, romance yeah yeah exactly mm-hmm. um and kind of same thing with only you um more specifically though i wrote uh it felt like wanting more and being hopeful i i haven't seen either of these movies um, but you, that's, you've that's seen the at least half of Only You. Have yeah. I? Mm-hmm. How do you know that? Because we were watching it, and you <laughs> came in and you sat down and watched oh. it with us. Okay, it's a, yep. it's a very gotcha. good movie. Mm-hmm. It has Robert Downey Jr. We we oh, will okay. watch it. Watch now. it. Okay, yeah, maybe I, okay. I want Adam to see the whole thing. Okay. Um, well, there you go. That's the vibe I got from the music. Um, and some people might say to me that I secretly actually really like rom coms, but <laughs> duh, I don't believe that. <laughs> Oh, um, come on. I think yeah. a lot of guys Maybe. secretly do. You come know what? Here's the thing. If it's a good story, <laughs> just, just go with it. It's fine. And, and you know, in a, in, a, in a point to all the guys out there, um, if you have a girlfriend who likes rom-coms, just sit and watch it with her, for goodness <laughs> sake. It'll win you some points. That's all it is. All right? They're not that bad. Yeah. Anyways. I mean... <laughs> looking now, um, I'm looking at Rachel Portman and, and some of the movies that she's composed. Yeah. And, and I have seen, I feel like, a lot of <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> like, um, One Day, which is a really, you know, spoilers, but it's a sad, a sad movie I probably will only watch once. <laughs> yeah. But it, it, it was a good movie. Do and The you, Lake House I've watched multiple times. Do you cry every times. time? I've only seen it once, uh, so I think I probably only cried once because I'm like I'm never well, watching a, that movie. That's every, <laughs> that's every time. Um, and Emma, and mm-hmm. let's see, yeah. So there's she a won an Oscar for ones. Emma. Did she really? Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. That one was a good one. So, so yeah, so I just picked a couple that were you know when I searched for her, they seemed pretty well known. But mm-hmm. only you, uh, you nailed it. The thing about only you is that it is. It's so it's. It's classically romantic in a way. It's like kind of very over the top romantic, mm-hmm. and then with a little bit of like a fun flourish to it because <laughs> you know she's she's this hopeless romantic mm-hmm. who runs to Rome mm-hmm. because <laughs> she a guy that she thinks she's supposed to marry because he has the right name is going to <laughs> Rome and she's just gotta just, go. And now it, I remember that. Yes, movie. I love lovably ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> Marissa Tomei and Robert Downey Jr. Yes, check it out. Yeah. <laughs> Otherwise known as Tony Stark. Yeah. But he's been in a lot of other things right, we should it's watch. True. <laughs> yes. <That's> um true. <laughs> Anyway, we have one last composer that we haven't talked about on oh. the list. Alexandre Desplat. Ah, yes, I believe I think, he's French. Oh, wow. I think that's how you say it. Especially I especially was, by that name. I was going to ask you how to say that. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm not an expert for sure on that. I don't... Yeah. What I wrote about him is was kind of similar to James Horner. He was mm-hmm. kind of quieter, yeah. subtler, kind of seemed like he went along with the movies. Like whatever movie he would be in, it would kind of just like go in the background perfectly with whatever movie. Yeah. So. Um, what I have for my notes... Um, for li- Lily's Lily's theme, Lily's theme, mm-hmm. which is the one from Harry Potter. Yeah. Um, I wrote extremely ominous, <laughs> almost dreadful. Mm. Strong focus on vocals. Mm. Um, because if you listen to that song, it's like scary almost, yeah. but with like a ghostly voice, which mm-hmm. is which just is so cool sounding to me. It's it's like a, uh, I don't know. It I, I don't know how to describe it. It's re, it's just really cool. That's that's yeah. all I can say about that. 
Um, but as far as the other one, what was the name of the other song? It was the King's Speech. Oh, I the King's Speech, yeah. right, right. Mm-hmm. From the King's Speech. From the King's Speech. <laughs> um, and I, I have here, um, in parentheses, I have Alexandre Dis... What? Desplat. 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 Splatter time from Nick Nudie. Sorry if we're butchering anyway, his name. Anyway, <laughs> um, I have... Uh, very good at setting tone, yeah. Um, which you know a lot of them are, but I I wrote it specifically for this one because I felt it the most with these two songs. Mm-hmm. Um, immediately in a certain mood when hearing uh, Lily's theme and um, the King's Speech, uh, I said classy piano melody uh, uh, slash lead. So the 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 piano's like a little bit more uppity because i mean he's the king and he's in england it's very proper yeah um but then um accompanied by suspenseful strings Mm -hmm. is what i put here um in hesitation question mark Mm -hmm. um because i felt like the the strings were like uh, you know what's something coming up uh, have you seen the king's speech i haven't i haven't do you know what it's about it's about a speech. <laughs> I, I, from what I understand, he has a speech problem, yeah. and mm-hmm. he has a hard time giving, right. uh, mm-hmm. giving speeches. But as the king, he so that's has what, to. Has probably to. where that hesitation would be. And also, when you think about the vocal cords, and mm-hmm. well, there you go, you know, perfect. Because right. yeah. I wrote hesitation and tentative, mm-hmm. so it's like, you know, almost nervous sounding. Yeah, mm-hmm. well, you know, he has to maintain this proper. Look, is it the, the, the piano's mm-hmm. on top, but then the strings are like, da, 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 da. like yeah. what? So that's that's what I got from that one. And like I said, You're I'm so trying good at this. I like <laughs> listen to it, and I'm like, oh, this is beautiful music. I'm tr- what is the meaning? I'm trying to. I'm. That's what I said. And, and it's a lot of fun. So do try to do this, listeners. When you're listening to the playlist, ignore what movie it's from. Um, and just listen to the the instruments as mm-hmm. individually as you can. That's what I was trying to do, and it it really does evoke emotions. Like I didn't just I didn't look this up and write it down to. Right. To, that's these are the words that I felt listening to mm-hmm. these. Like it's just the vibe you get from it, and that's that's what it's all about. Right. Yeah. I mean, uh, this composer we were talking about how some composers pair up with directors. He's been doing a lot of stuff with Wes Anderson. Uh, he did Isle of Dogs. And he got nominated for the Golden Globe for Isle of Dogs mm. for his music. So this is a – he wins a lot of awards. Well, I'm not going to say he – I'm not going to say he wins them. He gets nominated. He gets mm-hmm. Okay. And, yeah, I mean, he is – yeah, he. I don't know. He's like a – his music's like, com, like chameleon music just fits. Yeah, uh, mm-hmm. that's a great way to put it. I was just thinking um, – specifically with Harry Potter, mm-hmm. you know, and it's it, it maintains some of those those points that are from John Williams' score to to recognize it as the 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 world of Harry Potter, right? Oh, yeah. But then changes them enough, adds things here and there mm-hmm. to to give it that new mood, that new style right. that is going to fit better with these more serious the 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 further you go into the movies, the more serious the tone becomes because obviously yeah. evil is is happening now. So I yeah. mean, even in the books, I didn't even read them, but I know Robin has that. Yeah. that uh, you know, they're meant to grow up with you. You know, you start yeah. as a kid and, and start reading them, and they kind of grow with you. So it makes that sense that they would make the music, you know, kind of yeah. grow up with it as well. And he was able to kind of keep. Um, you know, remnants of themes and do flourishes on them and kind mm-hmm. of... And that's why I love that we said a chameleon mm-hmm. because that is the perfect way to describe it because he's not copying it. Mm-hmm. You know, he's blending in right, like a chameleon does, but then you can still see the chameleon a little bit if you look. He's still <laughs> there in his own way, yeah. but he's like, you know, he's fitting in. Yeah. And that's the perfect way to describe that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, this was a pretty long list. You guys did a great job. You listened to the music, Thank and you. I loved here. I loved hearing your thoughts on them. It's amazing the stuff that that's there. It's there every time, and we don't pay attention. Mm-hmm. So going back, I'm gonna watch some movies that I that I've seen a few times and listen <laughs> to it this time. 
you know, yeah. maybe look up some more soundtracks. I think this is really cool. I've I want to learn more, um, because it, it's it's a whole new realm. Um, yeah, uh, mm-hmm. of stuff. Great. So, and you know, you know, for anybody who isn't really familiar with this kind of stuff, you know, read the credits. Yeah. Every time you go to the movies, <laughs> and maybe after a while you'll start to recognize the names. You'll see them over mm-hmm. and over again. Um, there are, you know, a lot of composers that are like right now commanding the film industry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like Michael Giacchino or Giacchino, however you say his name. I've heard it both ways. Um, he does a lot right now with uh, um, kind of like he's doing the Jurassic Park movies, you know, where he takes the older themes and kind of, you know, he's been doing. But he also is a lot of Pixar. He does a lot of Pixar music. He did Up and Inside Out, things like that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Christoph Beck, same kind of thing. Did the Frozen soundtrack, but he does a lot of, like, your yeah. <laughs> your average yeah. movies, I guess. Yeah. Average. Uh, and a good a good way to try to associate the name with a sound is if you sit during the credits, ignore the pop song that will inevitably be the first thing. <laughs> the credits while they yeah. play, the, while they show the, the cast and all the big names. But then they always go to another one because the credits are long enough. They need two songs, right? Then the second song is usually from the score or, you know, is yeah. usually from the soundtrack. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's the perfect time to listen to that, you know, find the composer name and then listen to the second song from the credits. And you can kind of associate a sound with it because like we've been talking this whole podcast, each one has – a very unique sound and you can start if you listen enough you can start to pick them out mm-hmm. it's like i don't know anything about this movie or the name of the song or whatever but i i bet you this person did it mm-hmm. because you know mm-hmm. they just it have that sound. it becomes a lot easier yeah you and um another thing that i there are directors that make the choice mm-hmm. to not include music in the film mm-hmm. and you know when that happens if you ever see any of those um you'll notice uh and it you know it really it's like for example it's not truly an example because there is a soundtrack sort of is alfred hitchcock's the birds Mm. um they basically mixed a soundtrack of just birds screaming and screeching (laughs) and making bird noises (laughs) and um that's pretty much the soundtrack and so when you're watching it you're like (laughs) it's so unsettling um it's a very unsettling movie and you know I think there's uh, Dog Day Afternoon is another example. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Network is another example. Uh, oh. We were talking about that movie recently. So, And if I could throw another example of sometimes the absence of music can do good. Mm-hmm. Um, but if it's a movie entirely devoid of music, it you know it's a whole other thing. But sometimes you can choose to leave a scene with no music to increase intensity. Yeah. Uh, my example, Jurassic Park, <laughs> the one I'll go back to forever. <laughs> if you pay attention, the ter- the Tyrannosaurus Rex breakout scene has no music. The mm. entire part from when it, from when they stop and this just rain When sounds. they notice that the, the goat stopped mm-hmm. you know, braying. Yep. yep. Mm-hmm. And then all the way until the car is pushed off the cliff and, you know, that whole yeah. thing happens. Mm-hmm. Eerie. No music at all, mm-hmm. and it makes it such a, an intense, real moment, right. you know. Uh, so, so it can like really help in certain cases. Holding exactly, oh, exactly, yeah. um, and you feel in the moment more in some cases like that. And, and another example that I heard just recently, I was, I was rewatching Avatar: The Last Airbender, and um, there's a moment when Combustion Man appears, I think for the first time, mm-hmm. and they you just hear the you just hear mm-hmm. the the sparks and no music for a minute you yeah. just hear it again you know yeah. and that's like what the heck is that it's so intense sparky, and the, sparky boom man of course and <laughs> yeah. then and then no other. and then the music comes back in it's like and then then you know now now we're back in like right. those drums and stuff that they love to mm-hmm. use in yeah. that show um so it can really work but as far as no music at all <laughs> yeah that's real that's that's tough and mm-hmm. you know the another good example you brought up a john williams is another john williams mm. in the first harry potter um when they are breaking in to get the sorcerer's stone mm-hmm. and the dog is being 
subdued with music. Ah. And then, you know, and as and when they come in, okay, good, the music's playing. And they're, you know, talking and they're going through about their business and the music stops while they're talking and the audience doesn't realize it until the characters go, wait, we don't hear anything. Yeah. You know? It's that, that, you know, that kind of like, it's like, <laughs> oh no, you know, um, or there's a scene in Jumanji, I believe another ah. James Horner, mm. um, where, you know, they're sitting on the floor and the board is between them on the floor and the, um, the you know, the center <laughs> comes up with the clue for a lion. Mm-hmm. And they just read the lion clue and there's no music. Mm-hmm. And then you hear the piano <laughs> behind oh, them yeah. because the tail of, and then they hear the growl, the, like, the oh. low guttural sound of the lion's growl. You know, and, you know, it's like just very, yeah. you know. And in, in, in that's, that's really where it is. It's the combination of, when you have music, the absence of it is emphasis, mm-hmm. right? You know, because when you have music the whole time and you kind of get get used to it, and you know, it's um, you know, you're immersed in the world and all that stuff, and then the absence of it mm-hmm. is jarring. You're like, mm-hmm. what? what? Right. So it's it's used it wakes you up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I think we did it. All right. I think yeah. So yeah. Wow. Good job, guys. Yeah, we learned a lot. Hopefully yeah. you did too, guys. Yeah, yeah hopefully. Whew. Give um, it another listen if it uh, if you haven't learned enough. <laughs> and read be a the test. blog. I'll, I'll write it all down. Not <laughs> all of it. Just but. give it a few notes. And then be sure to listen to the playlist. All of these songs that we've talked about today uh, are amazing. Uh, mm-hmm. So give them a listen. Even if, you, even if you only have a few minutes, just mm-hmm. pick one or two. Save the rest of the playlist for later. Um and if you have, it's great. Thanks, Robin, for time, picking them watch, out. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. If you have time, watch the movies that they're from. Cause, why not? And pay attention to the music from them. And you'd be like, hey, I recognize that song from the podcast, my favorite podcast. <laughs> the Black Ace Diaries. <laughs> oh, you're dreaming. Oh. Oh, come on. Yeah. And, you know, when I was a kid, this is how I got into it. My dad would play the music and he'd tell me to close my eyes and he'd ask me, what do you think's happening? You know, what, how do you feel? How does this make you feel? What does this make you think of? And, you know, you do that with your kids and, you know, mm-hmm. it's a fun little thing to do, you know? It's, yeah, it's actually a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, you know, really, you know, stokes your imagination. Mm-hmm. So. Thank Thanks you everybody. for listening. Yeah. Goodbye. Um, oh, well, hang on a oh, second. Yeah. Ah! Yeah. All right. All right. Make sure you follow us on Instagram, Twitter, follow the blog. Uh, blackhaystories.wordpress.com and give it a listen and thumbs up whatever whatever it is on whatever site you're on, on uh, and we're on iTunes pew, 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 pew. so uh, if you want to listen to it there uh, through the iTunes or podcast app go ahead and do that leave a review it really helps us out we'd appreciate it mm-hmm. um, and we're probably going to be on some more platforms soon we'll let you know um, but follow Twitter and Instagram to be as up to date as possible yeah so thank you very much for listening thank you so much we appreciate it bye-bye bye